Quite a bit to talk about today, Devin, on the, uh, the Brock Larry podcast, but I want to focus on three major things, and then if we have time, uh, one other issue regarding California, but of course the impeachment inquiry, the civil trial in New York against Trump, uh, as we speak, it's day three of the civil trial, and I have some thoughts about that, and then of course the departure of McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, as the Speaker of the House. And it's, uh, it's really fascinating because uh, of what it means and is, is Matt Gates uh, correct about what he did and such like that. And well, well, we'll talk a lot about these things and much more. Uh, but let's, let's start off with that, uh, the Matt Gates uh, attack upon Kevin McCarthy with that motion to vacate, which was successful. The, the big talk, of course, is that it is, uh, this is all a big game. And uh, that Gates didn't know what the end game of this would, would be. And that, by golly, uh, this is uh, treasonous. According to, um, uh, what's his name, Newt Gingrich, uh, who wanted to opine about this, that, that four or whatever number it was of fellow Republicans were able to uh, subvert and get rid of a Speaker of the House um, just like that, and getting the Democrats to go along, and they were all, all too happy to create the chaos that they perceive that this will result in. Uh, that this was treasonous, this, this was bad stuff, and he was just super-duper angry about this. What, what are Barack Lurie's thoughts on this? All right, because I know you want to know. Uh, I, I think that what Gates did was right. Kevin McCarthy shouldn't be all up in arms about what has happened, because what did you expect would happen? You didn't follow through on your promises, right? And you agreed to be Speaker of the House, you agreed to let this procedure happen, that one person could move to vacate you and then call a vote upon it, and that if the majority so decided that, that you would no longer be Speaker of the House, you agreed to this. And, and you, you, you agreed with Matt Gates that you would hold the line when it came to spending, you would hold the line when it came to immigration, uh, you would push back on the Democrats, you would, you would push for the inquiry, the impeachment inquiry, uh, all those things were either uh, not done at all or done with a slow walk, especially the impeachment inquiry. And then you're surprised that gets moved for your vacation, as it were, of uh, Speaker of the House. That, that's exactly what you should have expected. You, you, you got Speaker of the House uh, on a, a very tight basis, and you should have been walking on eggshells because you put yourself there. But you so wanted to appease or whatever it was, and you thought that Matt Gates wouldn't do anything, that, that nobody would do anything about it, but that's exactly what you agreed to. So I think uh, he's quite wrong about this, uh, Kevin McCarthy. He, he goes on the stump and says, well, this is a personal vendetta from Matt Gates." to which I say, okay, what was personal about it? I mean, as we were speaking about before, Devin, like, did he steal your girlfriend in high school? Was that the reason why? That, that, I can get that. That's a personal vendetta, you could say. But, but give me the, the, what was personal about it. Because I don't think it was personal at all. I think it was professional. I think it was governmental, as it were. You failed in your basic duties to govern, and you made a lot of promises to Matt Gates, and you didn't fulfill them. And we only have so much time. Who knows what's going to happen in 2022, uh, 24 rather. Who knows, right? 
So uh, we're not going to take the risk. This might be exactly the right time to make the switch. And there's going to be a switch. And it looks like Jim Jordan might might run. And you're, yeah, Devin's all pumped for that. Yeah, he, he likes uh, Jim. I like him too. And Steve Scalise is also uh, in the mix. I don't know if he's announced that he's he, he's willing to run. Um, but I'm very excited about it. It looks like that whoever we will get is going to be better than Kevin McCarthy. And it might very well be. I mean, the Democrats were thinking that they were going to blow this all up. And, and they love the cacophony and the chaos that this is, this would create and it would buy them some time on the impeachment inquiry. But they, they might actually get somebody who's even tougher. In fact, it's very easy to get someone who's tougher. Um, and it was a crapshoot, perhaps, on the part of uh, our good friend uh, Matt Gates. But we're going to have a tough guy. And I, I, God willing, it's Jim Jordan. He's going to roll up sleeves and he's really going to take uh, this impeachment inquiry to the mat. And that could be really, really fun. And, and get other things done. Um, so yeah, let, let me know what you think. I, I think um, I disagree with a little bit respectfully that it was personal. Because to McCarthy, it was about his power. And to McCarthy, it was about his money and his friends. It wasn't about the American people. It wasn't about his promises. This was a personal thing for him. And that shows why he was not suited to be the Speaker of the House, because he didn't want to serve the American people. He wanted to serve himself personally. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I think you're using the word personally in a different way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's, he's only uh, aggrandizing himself is what you're saying. But in that sense, it's personal. I, I get that. But you know what I mean by personal, uh, that, that they were fighting between themselves, something. Maybe he said a nasty remark about uh, Matt Gates's wife or something. You know, who knows? But I don't. I don't think anything of the sort happened. Uh, so, uh, I, look, this is all good news. At the end of the day, um, the Democrats are not going to have the chaos that they think is going to happen. There's going to be the impeachment inquiry. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. I think a lot of information has already been coming out. Um, and and to that end, I, I want to talk about that. I guess we'll move right to the impeachment inquiry because that itself is exciting. So. It's, it's on hold, like we just talked about, but at the same time, uh, the Democrats seem to think that this is the actual impeachment uh, discussion. And impeachment inquiry is simply to, to talk about the extent of evidence out there. Is there enough evidence to actually pursue an impeachment hearing? That's, that's what the inquiry should be all about. Um, AOC and many others don't seem to get that. They, they want to already start defending that, that uh, tr uh, Biden has done everything correctly. Um, so she decides that the issue is whether or not, I mean, she can't even understand what evidence is. That, that's the funny thing. And, and I'll explain it in this clip that I'm about to play for you, where she is now grilling people to see whether or not they were eyewitnesses to Biden doing, you know, money laundering, essentially, right? Yeah. So she wants to, she thinks she's doing a zinger. Just listen, listen to this. Mr. Turley, I have a simple question for you. In your testimony today, are you presenting any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by the President of the United States? No, I'm okay. not. No, you are not. Ms. O'Connor, you are the second uh, Republican witness here today. Have you, in your testimony, presented any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by, pre by the President of the United States? I have not. Thank you. Now, Mr. Dubinsky. As the third and final Republican witness, 
uh, in this hearing, have you in your testimony presented any firsthand witness account of crimes committed by the President of the United States? Uh, I have not. And Professor Gerhardt, uh, given that you are the minority witness, I assume the same, correct? I am not a fact witness, correct. Thank you. And to clarify. Okay, so. <laughs> what's so. <in> <laughs> All right. That's like saying in the O.J. Simpson case, for example, uh, when they present a witness who is an expert on, let's say, tire marks, because I think tire marks was, were part of the equation there, and asking him, uh, were you there actually at the scene of the crime and actually see what, uh, you know, Mr. Simpson actually killing people, sir? <laughs> and he would say, no, I, I was not. Aha! <laughs> like, but, but he's not there as a firsthand witness, as an eyewitness, right? Anyway, this is AOC. She's such an idiot. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's breathtaking. I, I think that she doesn't even realize that, that, that people don't, you know, don't take her seriously. Uh, she doesn't even realize that this is not meaningful at all. I almost wish that she were just crafty and, and thought that she was manipulating people's minds. Uh, but I think she actually believes this, that, that, that this is a meaningful statement. Like she's got zingers uh, up her sleeve. Anyway. The evidence is, is coming out, and uh, we've gotten a tremendous amount of information now. Uh, here's here's the, all the evidence that doesn't exist, right? <laughs> is what is what somebody said, um, and it's of course all the actual bank accounts that now are showing that China has indeed delivered money to the, the Biden family, all the LLCs, all the corporations. We talked about this before. And uh, they're just pretending it doesn't exist. That's it's as simple as that. They're, they're ostriches with their heads in the sand. It just doesn't happen because we're saying it's not happening. That, that's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. It's what they exactly they did with the election, where they're like, um, "There's no evidence." Did you investigate? No, and there's no evidence. Why would we investigate if there's no evidence? And AOC, I'm sorry, there are so many Latino women who are so intelligent so sophisticated. They have absolute understanding of so much. And then she is for some reason pushed by the Democrat party to be some kind of leader. And it really is disturbing that their image of any person in the United States is so low as AOC. And they'll be like, oh, you're racist. No, no, I'm not racist because I know plenty of Latinos who are so much more intelligent, so much more honorable than this person who's it really is sad. Well, you're just holding her to the same standard you would hold yourself or anybody else uh, without regard to her background. I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsensical. She is uh, just a, a stupid person. That's it. Uh, I didn't say a stupid woman or a stupid Latina or a Latinx or whatever they want to say these days. She's a stupid person. It's as simple as that. And she's manifesting that by the, what you just heard. All right. It's, it's stupidity run amok. Uh, but she's the congresswoman there, and uh, she's going to get reelected over and over again, and that's the way it works. And God forbid she ever runs for president. Somehow, uh, I, I got a feeling she will one day. Who knows? Maybe 2028. I think she'll be uh, over 35 by that time. And uh, she'll be entitled to run, assuming that she's otherwise a natural-born citizen. So God help us all if that's the case. Um, but look, I, the, the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, um, I, I'm more and more enamored with his possibilities. I, I respect him so much. We talked about this before, how the way he's handling himself 
in the New York case and the Florida case and these four indictments that are going on right now, and we'll soon talk about the New York case in a moment, are so um, um, admirable. Uh, My dad used to say, you can can judge a man by the way he uh, reacts during a crisis. And for him, I don't know if this is even a crisis for him. To me, it would be a crisis. I mean, you know, you're here, you are, and, and they're, they're threatening to take away all your real estate holdings and God knows what else they, in terms of the criminal aspects with the indictments. Um, you know, that would be nerve wracking. I don't think it's nerve wracking for him at all. Instead, he sees it like it is. It's a sham. Um, he understands exactly what's going on. And his, his uh, resoluteness, if that's a word, his relentlessness, his uh, fortitude in all this, I, I admire the frig out of that. It makes me want to vote for him even more because if he can handle this kind of crap personally from his own people, he can handle anything from the Chinese, from the Iranians. He will not back down from them, right? If you see, this is, this is the man. You are seeing him as he is, right? Dealing with his own personal stuff. It's not about other people's money. It's about him. His freedom is on the line. His money is on the line. And look how he handles himself. I really admire that. Uh, other, a president like Biden can say, oh, you know, what do I care if I give $6 billion to release five uh, prisoners, uh, you know, uh, uh, ransom uh, people? What, what do I care? Okay, I'll just give $6 billion. No big, no big whoop, because it's not my money. And, but, but Trump would not do that. You, we know that he wouldn't do that. And what do I care if we pull out of Afghanistan? What, about, what, I, what do I care if, if uh, they, they tell me to forgive the student loans? What do I care about uh, transgenderism? I, I should encourage that. And Trump, we know, would not do that because here he is fighting for himself so hard and he will fight for you that hard as well. That's, that's what I love about him. Yeah, and I got to say that one of the things, and I agree 100% with what you're saying, and one of the things I really love about Trump is he is pissing someone off to no end. They're doing, not a grand conspiracy, but there's a group, a contingent, however you want to call it, that is really, really against him, and they're showing themselves how horribly immoral, how they're going to abuse the lawfare, how they're going to do all these things to stop him. I want to be on the side that is against that. Wow, well put. I like it. That's a really great point. Look, I mean, we, we are seeing a lot of evil going on. It, I, I made the analogy um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was on Facebook, uh, about how Trump and Biden are really like uh, the, um, the characters of Maximus and I forget the, 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 the emperor who usurped the... the uh, the Emperor any gladiator. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. And if you if you don't know the movie very well, uh the Joaquin Phoenix plays the role of the son of the Emperor. He murders his father because the father says he's gonna give the uh Emperor um the, the Empire to Maximus because he respects him so much and he wants to return it to the Republic that it should be, like it was in the days before Caesar. And uh the Joaquin Phoenix character, yeah, I forget his name, Commodus, Commodus I think it is. Commodus. He, uh, he doesn't like that, and in the still of the night, he kills, he's, he you know, strangles his father, suffocates him with a pillow, I think, and, uh, and he, he announces that he now is the emperor. So he's wrongfully taken the emperorship, if that's a word, 
and uh, and and he takes on and, and accuses Maximus of being a, tra- a traitor and and s- sends his soldiers after him to try to kill him and to try to imprison him and so forth. Um, and then, of course, there's a great battle at the end of the day. But isn't that the same thing, right? You and I know that there was a lot of monkey business going on in 2020. It certainly was not the cleanest election in all history. We, we can at least say that, right? Yeah. I personally think that, that Trump won, right? I think it won by a lot, by the way. Yeah. Now, how, how uh, they, they managed to hide the, the votes? Okay, listen, that, that's hard for me to, to prove, of course. But <laughs> if, some, if, some, if you, okay, you're, you and I work together, yeah. okay? And, and, and if, if another employee worked, you know, my file, file clerk, uh, he suddenly had uh, Jaguars and, and very expensive cars, right, and had a beautiful mansion. I would suspect something was up. And I, and I saw, suddenly noticed that there's a lot less money in my, my firm's account. Right. Um, and it's gone to some, some place. I, I can't figure it out. But I, I can suspect that something funny has happened, right? Now, can I prove it instantly? No. Over time, probably. So anyway, that's the way I feel about uh, Trump and, and Commodus, meaning Emperor Biden, right? He's just assumed the mantle. He's not the rightful president, as it were. Um, and, and even to say that, you know, you could be canceled, right? We shouldn't live in this, this country, uh, a country like that, where they, where they say that if you are saying something like that, you are saying dangerous words. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm exercising democracy. It's my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. I think Biden is a, not only a flawed president, a terrible president, but also unduly elected. I, he, he was not elected properly. Okay, that's it. That's it. He stole it from Trump. He did. And Trump, God willing, will get it back in 2024. So um, I, I, this, this case, this uh, New York case is interesting. For those of you who are interested in the law, uh, as a lawyer, I can tell you this is really weird, this case. There should be no case. It should never have been brought in the first place because for the very simple reason, putting aside the statute of limitations, which there's a big problem for the Letitia James prosecutor in that, in that regard. But the, the main thing is that there are no damages. You, you cannot have a fraud case without damages. You cannot have a breach of contract without damages. You can't have negligence. Right? I mean, you, you could negligently uh, tap my leg with your car, right? And I, I check it out. And there's no, nothing wrong with it. I doctor looks at it and says, yeah, you're totally fine. You've got a strong bone or whatever. And I'll find your merry way. Can I sue you for, for anything? The answer is no, because there are no damages. Y- yes, you were negligent by tapping me. You were on your phone, let's say. Uh, but the element of damages is critical. Same thing with fraud. You have to show that Trump's alleged uh, mis- you know, high, higher uh, evaluation of his properties were uh, caused damage to somebody. Well, who? To the bank? The bank doesn't seem to be complaining about it at all. They didn't bring the action. Uh, they, they've been making money hand over fist. Do you think they're worried about getting paid? Now, if, if they lost their money, and, and then they say, we relied entirely on Trump and his valuation, well, then they might have a case, but that's not the way it's done anyway. Every bank does its own personal appraisal. You think they didn't appraise his own, his building? They just took his word for it? Of course not. 
So they just, they're glomming onto something, a, a, a technicality. It's not even a technicality, but it's one element among three. And they can't uh, show the, 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 the last one. And just to take this to, if it can happen to Trump, it can happen to anyone. Like, there's no victim. So New York City is like the capital finance of America, if not the world. You know, I, like, how many transactions of how many people can they go through and be like, you know what? That wasn't fair for one party. We're going to prosecute you. You know what? That was a little bit. You probably should have paid $10 more or a million dollars more. So um, we're going to prosecute you. Well, it happened in 1987. Eh, we're going to prosecute you. You cannot do business in New York ever in any transaction if they can do this to anyone when there's no victim. Right. Well, well said. That's exactly the point. It, it, it doesn't you – can, you can lie on an application. You can – uh, lie to uh, a boyfriend or girlfriend uh, about whatever, but if nothing bad happened associated with it, we're not gonna, you're not going to have a case. That, that's, the ele- that, that's the way law works, folks, is that you, to prove a breach of contract, you have to show a contract that it was breached and it caused damages. Okay? The fact of, of a contract existing, the fact of a breach of the contract existing doesn't matter. Exa- okay, here's a great example. Okay, you want to sell a house, right? The house... Uh, and the escrow has to close by, I don't know, August 31st. It doesn't close by August 31st. It now is September 2nd. Technically, they're in breach, but there's no real damage, right? Now, now they sell it, and you get the house anyway. You're done. No, no breach, uh, no, no damages rather. Done. And and same thing with many other examples. So this is why the case actually fails. I believe that Trump moved for summary judgment, which means it's a, it's a fancy way of saying. You get rid of this case because she's missing the element of damages. And the judge denied that on the grounds that there's an issue of fact on this. And, and by, by contrast, he issued summary adjudication in favor of the plaintiff, meaning the prosecutor, uh, Letitia James, saying that, that there's no issue of fact, that, that he had the intent to defraud, that he inflated his values which is really the essence of the case. So he's basically already tried the case, decided it for, for himself. Um, and, 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 okay, this is such a disaster for the Democrats, for Letitia James. They should not have done that. They may feel great about it, but what, what they don't know apparently is when you win something on summary judgment, uh, that is the easiest way to be reversed on appeal. The easiest. And the reason why is that the standard on appeal is de novo, which means all over again. Uh, so they don't have to give deference to the judge. They get to look at it with their own eyes and say, wait, you're saying that he committed fraud as a matter of law when there's clearly an issue of fact. You can't get into somebody's brain. It's the ultimate issue, fraud. You cannot, it's, it's impossible uh, to get it. You, it it's a, that's what a jury is for. That's what a fact finder is for. So only a trial would you make that decision. And they should have just waited for that. And then the judge could say, you know what, I've, I've reviewed a lot of the evidence, and after all that, I think that Trump committed fraud. Then it would be very hard to reverse that on appeal. Very hard. Because that, the standard on, on appeal after a trial, is what we call abuse of discretion. Did the judge abuse his discretion in making X or Y, Z finding in his judgment? And that's hard. All you need is one scintilla of evidence to show that there was fraud in this case. And he would have it. He would say, well, you know, that evaluation that Trump gave uh, about this or that property came right out of his his butt. 
right? There's, there's nothing that seems to, therefore I consider it fraud. He would be, the judge would be clean if he said that. But no, he did that stupid thing with the summary adjudication, made him feel good, you know, it created a lot of buzz for the time being. Why did he do that? That's idiotic. It's going to be reversed, which is good for us, right? right. Uh, but, but watch how, <laughs> so every day that he comes out of this new, now it's a trial ostensibly for the damages phase, um, he comes out and he talks and he gets to speak his mind. He said, this is a sham. Understandably, that's who Trump is. Now, take a listen to how MSNBC spins this, okay? Ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me. She used this to run for governor. She failed in her attempt to run for governor. She had virtually no polling. She came back and she said, well, now I'll go back to get Trump again. And this is what we have. It's a scam. It's a sham. Just so you know, my financial statements are phenomenal. They are actually less in terms of the numbers used. Than All the right, you've been listening to Donald Trump as he's getting ready to walk into the courtroom. Donald Trump speaking. I think now we know for sure this is a campaign event. Exactly. For right. Donald Trump, more than a legal proceeding. Yes. Okay, so, and they're all nodding their heads. You know, there's four people there talking about it. And it's one woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a campaign. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys were the ones who initiated this. Donald Trump did not initiate this lawsuit, right? It's Letitia James. And then they're upset with him when he makes comments about this. And they say that he's being disingenuous for using this as a campaign event. Really? You're, you're surprised that he's, he's going to respond to this? You want him to just sit back and say nothing and expect him to just be quiet? What you want him to be is afraid. You want him to be fearful and, and to, to cower, right? And to just do your bidding and say something like, boy, boy, I, I really worry about this case. I, you know, I hope justice will prevail. I don't know, you know, gosh, you know, I, you know, you're, you're deemed innocent until you're, you know, until you're proven guilty and, and all those things that you would expect. No, no, no. And, and they expect Trump to be anything less than Trump. Fascinating. But we'll hear a little bit more about this. As he is going to walk into that courtroom, but it does appear that what actually takes place in the courtroom in the next few minutes may be incidental compared to what he feels he can get out of it for campaign purposes. You heard him going after the judge. You heard him going after the attorney general in this case. Uh, and again, this is no longer a bug of the Trump campaign. This is the feature. The Trump campaign is the um, the legal operation that he is facing right now. And right. As, as if he created this. Right. That's the amazing thing. This is this is so emblematic about how Democrats don't think about the consequences of their own actions. Right. They pursue this and then they're, they're surprised that he was doing this. Luckily, he just said how he's talking about the judge. He's talking about Letitia James, the prosecutor. What else do they expect him to talk about? Especially if it's true. And I think it is true. Letitia James has a bug up her butt. Uh, against Trump. She campaigned on saying, I'm going to get this Trump guy. Uh, she's pissed off that she didn't win the go governorship. That The judge, uh, similarly, um, is very, uh, very much wants to be in the limelight. He wants all the attention. Uh, and and he, they're surprised that he's going to comment about this. Again, he's, he's not um, comporting himself in the sheepish manner that they want, that they expect out of him that anybody else might engage in. But no, he, he just goes right after them. 
And now look what's happening. Uh, you know, with all these talks, uh, now the judge has a limited gag order on Trump saying that he can't speak about certain issues, um, which is, you know, very questionable at best. That's a First Amendment issue. Uh, you're allowed to, to uh, comment, uh, especially when you feel you're being ramrodded. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I expect and I hope that he continues to talk regardless of the gag order. Uh, he's, he should not have to observe that because uh, that, that is just wrong. Everything about it's wrong. Y you'll see uh, what's going to happen in all this at the end of the day, folks, is that this judge, my guess, is going to find him liable for fraud um, and order this or that uh, property to be uh, decertified so that he no longer owns the properties. Uh, the, the idea is to cripple his financial empire. Uh, then it will be appealed. It will be reversed on appeal. It will be. Uh, and then it goes to a different judge because Trump, you know, at that point, at least they were, in California law, that's, that's what would happen. You'd be able to get a new judge. It, it automatically goes to the same judge, but you can, do, you can file a certain document to say, I want a different judge, and, and he would get a different judge because presumably the judge having been reversed on appeal uh, you know, is really miffed, right? And so he might be biased because now he, you know, there's a temptation of the judge to say, well, I'll show you. And he'll find a way to, to achieve the exact same result. So it's better to have a different judge. Anyway, this is, uh, this is not going to go well at, at the end of the day for Letitia James. It will be reversed. You'll see. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating case. It's, it's more uh, a reflection on the part of the Democrats than it is uh, of anything else. All right. One last thing I want to talk about. Uh, the California is suing the school district for uh, policy uh, where where they would notify parents of changes to their child's gender identity. In other words, you can't keep this crap from the parents, right? This is from CBS. California Attorney General Rob Bonta announced a lawsuit Monday against the Chino Valley Unified School District over its recently adopted policy that requires school to notify parents if their children change their gender identification or pronouns. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. Uh, Bonta said he filed suit against the district over the policy that mandated this notification, calling it a, quote, forced outing, unquote, of transgender students that violates their civil rights. Quote, it tramples on students' rights, unquote, Bonta told reporters. Okay, what's the difference between this and if a child appears to be neglected at a school or you see a lot of bruises on his face and the kid says, well, I, I fell. You know, a teacher is required to report that to the uh, Child Protective Services, right? Right. That's, that's a mandatory reporting. What's the difference? A child tells a, a, an administrator or a teacher, I feel like I'm a girl when he's really a boy. Uh, then the, the school must tell the parents about this. What's wrong with that? Right? But they're suing on this, and this is a forced outing. Give me a freaking break, okay? The child is the one telling it, first of all. And, and who knows how he's been manipulated. A teacher can say, don't you feel like a girl, Johnny? Don't you? Uh, would you like to be called Jane? Yeah, that'd be cool. You girls are fun, right? You get to do fun things with the girls. You like girls, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Right. You, you see how this can be manipulated. Right. Exactly. But if um, a parent is neglecting or abusing a child, the school district gets to take the child away from the parents. If the school gets to trick a child into thinking you're the opposite sex, 
the school gets to take the child away from the parents. <laughs> but if the parents find out the the school has been messing with the child's mind, we don't want the parent to be able to take the kid away from the school. Oh, that's, that's such a great way of putting it. And no penalty to the school either. Oh, God, no. You know, no, they, they can manipulate him all they want. They can convince him. You know, he, he's such a – kids are so impressionable. They, they want you to like them so much. So if you have one rogue teacher, administrator, whatever, uh, who wants to mess up with your kid, and she, usually she, by the way, uh, can so easily do it, can put a bug into his ear, can gaslight him to convince him that he's really a, a girl, vice versa. And uh, why, why is that so preposterous? So... We, we want to know. We want to be able to know so that we can undo this madness. And, and the idea of keeping secrets between child and, and parents, this is what the communists used to, used to do. They would, they would split the family this way. But, they think, but it's okay because this is for the, the betterment of society, you see, as opposed to the communists who knew that they were doing something for the worse of society. No, of course they thought they were doing the betterment where they had you know, kids ratting on their, their parents. Of course. What do you think? It's, it's exactly the same thing as if, as if somehow this could, there, there could be a good intent behind all this. There's no safeguards whatsoever. Nowhere in all this transgender talk about, uh, you know, what's going on between teachers and, and the children. Nowhere in all this is there some sort of safeguard against that teacher or that administrator or that whatever, that janitor for all that matter, uh, who is uh, somehow abusing his position and manipulating children nowhere, right? We need to have that. And this is the only safeguard, is to talk to the parents. The parents are the final say on the children's uh, future and their present existence. You can't decide for the parents what's better for them vis-a-vis -vis the transgender crap, okay? You just can't. What's next? If, if, if I send my kid to, uh, to a Catholic school because that's the only game in town, I don't want to send them to a, a, a public school, and I'm Jewish, and, they, and then they secretly try to convert my kid to Catholicism. Um, and, and don't tell your dad or mom, you know, you're still Jewish to them, okay? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I, I'd be furious. And, and so would any parent. And likewise with the Jewish school. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, punt on, on uh, Catholics, but you, you get the idea. I mean, it, that would be outrageous. What, what if you're an atheist, Okay. Uh, and, and you don't like religion whatsoever, and they, they, you find out somebody is trying to convert them. Do they have the right to say, "I, I, I don't have any, uh, I, I don't have any obligation to tell the parents"? Really? Uh, it's so easy to 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 change the to to undermine the the liberal arguments. It, it, they're so absurd. All right, my friends, Brucklery. Thank you so much today for listening. Uh, a lot of important things going on. It's crazy. Thank you, Devin, for being part of the show again. Breckler is signing off saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.
Let's do it.